the women of America. No, make it to the women everywhere. Banish the black, burn the blue, and bury the beige. From now on, girls. Pink, pink. Hi, and welcome to episode 86 of the Heartland Knits podcast. My name is Vicki, but I'm also known as Heartland Knits on Ravelry and Instagram. And today is Sunday, November 23rd, 2014. I feel like I should call this episode, Has She Finished That Coat Yet? But I haven't. So instead, we'll just call, go on to in what's on the needles, because that's what's on my needles. It's getting really, really big. And look, Gail, there's a sleeve! A sleeve! Um, it's almost finished. I did just a little bit of a change at the bottom, so I have to... Um, what went from kind of a construction method of, of having no seams at all, I made this little bitty little seam because on the sleeve I did, um, it's not going to show, oh maybe it does, I did just like I did on the bohus, I did two ridges of garter and then the um, I-cord cast off um, just because I thought doing just the I-cord there on there alone would make it roll a little bit. So um, I know you can do Meg's sew as you go technique where you kind of do a wrap and turn when you come to um, the end of a of a row, like so that you can keep doing garter stitch in the round without having to, um, you know, um, have this little bit of a seam. But it never quite matches up exactly, and I would rather just do those. I've got an end here anyway. I might as well do those couple little rows and sew it and make it so that I'm happy with it. So anyway, I have one sleeve finished. I'll try to hold it up for you so that you can see how big it is. Oh, so that's the bottom. Oh, and there you can see how the collar is. So the, um, the whole body is put together and the collar is all finished. This is the um, where I grafted, like right down the center there. And then the stitches, I don't know if they're going to show. You can sort of see there, these ridges are going vertically. So you pick up all the stitches along here and work out and you attach them um, as you go. There's like a, a line there, like a, um, so when you kind of incorporated all those stitches that you put on hold, then you change to stockinette stitch and do the sleeve. So the sleeve is in stockinette stitch. Down the shoulder, you do another of those reversible phony seams, and then down the um, sleeve. This right here is the phone is the a phony seam, but in stockinette 
it's not reversible. And this is the kind of phony seam that Elizabeth puts on the side sides of her sweaters. And it, you might be able to see, there's just a little bit of a difference in, here, someday I'll figure out this camera thing, um, a difference in um, row gauge because you um, drop that stitch down and then you pick up, hook up one stitch and then the next time you hook up two stitches and then it's one and then it's two. So that, and that's what kind of makes the, it look like a seam. And it also gives it this nice effect, especially when you're doing it on both sides of a sweater, that it makes a natural fold line right there. It just automatically folds. So, and if you noticed, the decreases, I don't know if they'll show, go down the top part of your sleeve. Instead of, of you know, most of the time, um, increases or decreases are done at the bottom of the sleeve. These are done at the top. And it makes a really nice kind of, of line because your shoulder or your arm isn't out all the time. It's, you know, usually hanging down. So it just follows that kind of natural line. So one sleeve is done. The other sleeve is getting there. I've picked up stitches. I have maybe these stitches right here are what's left um, from on, on the holder from the underarm. So I have maybe four or five ridges left before it switches to stockinette. It's, you know, stockinette does go a little bit faster than garter because there's just not, you know, two rows for every ridge like in garter. So once it, I'm hoping to get through that today and then kind of, so now I know that this is how long my sleeve is going to be. I can sort of do what I usually do and just calculate out, you know, how many rows I have to do a day and then um, kind of do that many and then say I can do something else. And actually I should probably just do so many a day because my wrist is actually was starting to hurt. Um, it's something about the gauge on these big needles, but also because of just like the bulk of it, in your lap when you're working on it. It just, I can't hold my hands kind of in their normal position so that they're, I think they're just like a little more like tilted and, but anyway, so I should probably just do certain many of rows um, a day to get it done because it's getting there. So I've started thinking about, so I have one sleeve left to do, and then I have just a little bit of finishing work. Um, and it does these here. Oh, if I can. These little kind of buttonholes that are kind of applied on. They're like an I-cord. Um, you pick up stitches. and um, So I have those to do too. So I started thinking about buttons, what kind of buttons I wanted to put on it. And I went and looked in the button box, a little, you know, little mom's button box. 
And I came up with this one that I really like. And, and <coughs> you can see it's kind of faceted. Um, and I just think it would look really pretty with this kind of rustic-y kind of wool. And then this kind of, it just gives a little, it's dark, but it gives a little bit of a, a you know, sparkle, you know, reflects the light a little bit. But there was only one. I, I'm assuming this was like something that was like an extra button on something that she had. Or So um, I thought about doing, you know, like just this one at the top and then different ones maybe, you know, on the bottom. Um, we have a Joann's, which I'll, I'll probably go look there. But we also have um, an antique mall that's like a, a big warehouse and then they rent out kind of individual little like stalls or little, you know, booths kind of um, to, to people that they can put whatever they want in there. And one um, booth that's always there, this person has a ton of buttons. They have a lot of like linen tablecloths and things like that, but then they have a ton of buttons that they have kind of sewing on like little cardboard little cards but they fit in it they're all you know stored in an old card catalog from a library remember card catalogs so that's the like kind of size card that they're on and they're all like old vintage buttons I think this button is glass I don't think it's plastic I think it's glass um so I was you know, thought, well, I'm going to go check out there and see if they have like something like this. I mean, even if it would be, you know, sort of like this, it wouldn't have to be exactly this kind of like patterning. But if they were kind of the same size, I wouldn't mind having, you know, like different, um, you know, kind of the same but different um, like buttons on it. So that's what I'm thinking. So that's what one thing that I'll have to do um, this week so that that is all ready when the knitting is finished. So it feels like I can see like that light at the end of, you know, the tunnel there. There's, it's going to get done. And I tried it on. I've been trying it on like since I started putting that sleeve in. And I'm really glad that I kind of um, made a shallower armhole depth I think that helped a lot and I think it's going to fit fine um, so that was a big relief too because I last weekend I was thinking oh I'm doing all this work and it's going to be way too big and I think it's going to be okay so that was really the only thing I knit on um, I'm up to um, that was through um, eight wheels of unspun. So I'm working on the next two, which will probably take me through the, the sleeve. So it's usually using less yarn actually than I kind of thought it was going to. But even so, I thought it would be lighter weight in the unspun. It's still really heavy. So anyway, that was my one thing on the needles. I don't have anything off the needles. Um, I should have brought something in to show you that, um, but 
I don't. I always, I'm wearing my red palm boho sweater, but I think you've, like, I've worn this on the podcast before. And this is one of the reproduction kits that, and I knit this about three years ago, four years ago. Um, so in spinning, I have done a little spinning also, and I am nearing the end of this project too. I have, and this project meaning my gourmet stash punies, I have three punies left, and then I'm like working, this is like halfway through the fourth one, but this is um, my spindle. I'm, I'm spinning these on my little golden tsunami. It matches my sweater. Um, and it's, it's, it's an enjoyable, um, you know, spinning, little spinning project. Um, they're very, very nice to, to, little things to spin. This is the color we called, let's see, Mermaid Scales, and it is super fine merino, superwash merino, and stellina. So it's all very soft. I am not sure. This is my second ounce of these. This is the, the first ounce. You can see sort of all the different colors. And there's a lot of white in there. So now I have to decide if I want to just like ply these two together. It'll be two ounces total. And it's spun down. I think it will make a, like a lace weight um, two ply. Um, but still it's only two ounces. So I think I will, you know, I'm just kind of estimating that it would maybe be around like 200 yards, which I know I knit a little, one of those little boonets, like the smallest size, um, like kind of, um, crescent whole scarf shawl things, um, last year out of some lace weight that was about 200 yards. So I know I could, if I did that, I could probably knit something like that and get a whole project out of it. Um, but I don't know if it will sort of, the colors are, you know, so like so pretty, if that will kind of mess up what the colors look like, if it would be better to ply it, um, you know, spin just some like white, merino or merino silk or something like that and then ply both of them against that so that that would I would get a larger amount so then it would be you know four ounces of fiber total so that this would go farther I'm not sure um what do you think let me know if you have an idea or if you've like done something like that or um let me let me know what you think because um, once I get done spinning, then I want to um, get it plied up and finished up. So, so um, that is really all that I have to show you. So I've started thinking about what do I want to knit after the coat is finished. And I have those um, green Quincy Company chickadee um, the fingerless mitts. I want to, you know, fit, finish those. And I showed you 
last month sometime that I had um, pulled out all kinds of the colors of Jameson um, Shetland to make a matchy pair of gloves to the little tam that I made um, a couple years ago. So I have those that I want to do. And then I started thinking about another pair of gloves. It seems like it's all kind of gloves and fingerless mitts. So I went searching for um, this yarn to see what happened to it. And um, I found, I knit this little hat last year. And I always wanted to make gloves to go with it. And this is the Denrudiga um, Bohus pattern. It's like a checkerboard in this kind of orange and like bright pink colors. So I went um, looking for the, the rest of the yarn. I have two skeins of the orange. I think the, the original um, kit was for the hat or the tam or beret. can't remember how they, um, what term they use. And then it was just a plain solid kind of scarf, which I don't really want to do. But I think um, I'm going to do these gloves fingertip up and then put kind of this patterning on the wrist. So I found the, the orange yarn, but I can't find all the, all the different little colors. So I've been looking and looking um, and I can't find where they are. I, my one, I'm glad that I can't find any of them because that means they're all probably together. If, um, you know, I could find all but maybe one color, that one might have gotten lost. But so I'm hoping that I can come up with where they are, but it's going to be fingertip up. So I will probably, um, you know, I can start on those without finding the colors. But when I was looking for the colors for these, I came across the yarn for another pair of fingerless mitts that I talked about doing last spring. And I, and I actually just bought the pattern for it um, because it was in the gift along that was going, you, um, a lot of designers had, had patterns discounted in. And this is the, um, it's a Carol Sunday pattern and it's these little fingerless mitts, her um, night birds. So I found all my leftovers from the, the uh, Buntings sweater that I knit last spring. And so I bought the pattern. So I want to start those. So I think December is going to be all about the hands, all about the fingerless mitts and the gloves and the, um, so, which will be good because they'll probably all be on smaller needles. And, um, I think part of the reason my wrist is hurting a lot too, is just the sheer weight of the coat, like working that, um, is, is hard on my wrist. So, um, that's what's up next um, for showing. So um, the other thing that I wanted to tell you about was um, a book that I've been reading. And it's this one. It's called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And the author is Marie Kondo. She is a young um, Japanese woman who kind of um, came up with this technique of dealing with clutter um, you know, there's like different different approaches, the kind of do one room at a time thing or the 
kind of like throw one thing at away every day kind of thing. Well, hers is a little bit different. Um, and she says that those other ones um, fail because you kind of go from like one room and then you do the next room, but then the first room kind of takes like some of the clutter from which you're moving. And so anyway, I would always try to do one room at a time and it just never, things accumulate again. And so with hers, you sort of um, take everything of a, of a like kind you know, like all your shoes or all your clothes or whatever, and you put them all together. And they have, you know, has to be all of them, like not, you don't separate into winter, summer or anything. It's like everything. I think you, in clothes, I think you can, you know, separate, you know, like tops or bottoms or, or whatever. But so you put them all together and then you take each one and you, you know, hold it and kind of assess it and say, does this spark joy? And if it does, then you keep it. And if it doesn't, then you, um, you know, whatever, if you're going to, you know, donate it or recycle it or, you know, whatever. And you do that, you go through your entire house, like with everything. It's, she says it's, it's, you're supposed to do it sort of like all at once, you know, not, um, it's not supposed to take more than six months to go through your whole house. And then once you've gone, done this whole separating thing, then you kind of, um, I haven't read the end, you know, that part. So how you ex actually, you know, like organize things so that they, everything stays neat and tidy. So we'll see. I, and it'll, it'll be interesting to kind of go through and, and um, you know, does, do things spark joy or I don't know. There's some things in your closet you might need, you know, you might wear, but I don't know if they actually like spark joy. But, um, but I did do that um, last summer. I took a, down a whole bunch of yarn. Um, it kind of gathered it together because I, I do want to put a bunch of stuff up for sale. Um, and that has to do with the other thing that I wanted to tell you about, which was a really great customer service experience that, um, you know, I had this this um, week. And cause, because one of the things that I want to, that I'm going to put up for sale in Ravelry is my drum carter, which I haven't used in at least four years. I, I don't, you know, there's, I, I would rather knit or spin. I processing, yeah, especially on the drum carter is just not my favorite thing to do. I had a, um, a Strouch petite, petite, um, drum carter. So anyway, um, you know, I took it and, you know, took pictures of it and stuff so that I could, you know, post them. And then I was going to put it in, um, you know, get it all set to be sent. And I had kept the original box and original packaging and everything. And so when I got it up and I put it in there, I realized, oh, I, it came, when it came, it didn't have the crank attached. You had to like, just, you know, you know, screw that in. And, but I couldn't figure out how to get it out. Um, it just didn't seem to like want to, to come out and, and 
it fit in the box, like technically, but I just thought, you know, there's a reason why they don't ship it like that. And I didn't want, I wouldn't want to like sell something, a big piece of equipment like that, and then it not reach its new home in good shape. So I um, wrote to the company. Yeah, I looked on their website and there wasn't anything, you know, like about it. And so I wrote and said, you know, this is like a really probably stupid question, but, you know, I was going to be sending this away. And, you know, could you give me an idea, like, how should I, like, try to, like, get it on, um, you know, get the crank off of there? And, or, you know, if I can't, you know, do you have a um, an idea of, if it would be okay to you know ship it like that or how to um, sort of stabilize it in the box, and I got the nicest letter from Otto Strouch, who makes the things, who you know went through. He's like, well, we've had a couple of those. I don't know which which model you have. So you if you have this one, you do you'll you know you'll know because it'll look like this, and you do this and this and this, and then if you have the this other kind, you do this and. The, and, you know, like went through everything and then, you know, said, did it work? Did you, get, you know, and let me know. Which was so sweet because, I mean, this is like, I, I wrote and told him I was, you know, selling it. So it wasn't even like he knew I was going to be a customer anymore. And um, just so I... I, you know, tried what he, what he suggested and I got it free. And so it's all boxed up and ready to go. But, um, you know, I just wanted to tell you about that just because, so in case that not necessarily that you want to buy my drum carter, but if you are in the market for one or they have other products, they have like one of those big like jumbo ball winders and stuff. But if you're in the market for something that they sell, I would, highly recommend them as um, a really, you know, good, good company who believe in customer service. Um, so I just wanted to, to pass that along. But that is about all that I have. Um, check back next week for hopefully we'll have a coat unveiling. Um, and um, I wanted to thank everybody for the like the really kind words. They I got a, a quite a few like notes on Ravelry and um, about people. I didn't want to upset people last week that you know people were said you look so sad and and um, yeah um, I did you know I did I felt bad. I didn't want to you know people to feel bad, um, but that's just kind of how I was feeling. <laughs> But anyway, um, but I want to thank everybody for their really um, kind thoughts and, and words. Um, and yeah, I guess that is it um, for this week. Um, thanks so much for watching. There are so many podcasts out there um, that I, you know, I want to thank everybody for watching mine um, and just spending a few minutes um, with me. 
Um, I hope all the Americans out there have a really good Thanksgiving this week. And um, until I see you next Sunday, from my heart to yours, happy knitting. Think pink. Think pink when you shop for summer clothes. Think pink. Think pink if you want that kelp for shows. Red is dead. Blue is through. Green's obscene. Brown's taboo. And there is not the slightest excuse for plum abuse. Oh, chartreuse.